Attachment is glue of samsara. This Buddha, Buddha always says, people get stuck to life after life. You cannot get out of it. You cannot let it go. It is the, somebody, there is some sticky stuff which makes you stick to it. That sticky stuff, the glue, is attachment. This is, I know, it is sensitive subject. Everybody enjoys, everybody hates too. So, but the point is, if you can really look very carefully where the line between the attachment and the pure love is. We do have both within us. In ourselves, just now, attachment is completely strong. It overpowers, in my mind, at least it overpowers the pure love completely because it will bring jealousy. It will bring anger. It will bring all of them up, you know. So all the buttons, all the lights will go, blue, red, yellow, all of them will come one after the another. It helps. It is a clear sign that is attachment. It is clear sign that's attachment. Then there's another kind of a person will come in, saying, hey, doesn't matter. It is a delusion. I let it go. Doesn't matter. Pretend to be. You know, pretending to be overcome the attachment and pretend to be and that is cheating yourself nobody else you're not cheating anybody you're cheating yourself there are a number of people will play that trick so i'm over and beyond the attachment and all my love is the pure love the people do that and you so you pretend to be and you're cheating yourself, nobody else. You can go on and cheating yourself for a couple of years or years, then the life is go, and then you lose the opportunity to be able to work by yourself. There is opportunity, there's the material, there's uh, friends, there's a guide, there's everything there. If you don't work now, when can you work? That's the question. Okay. That's the number one I would love to talk tonight. The attachment versus love. The number one question I like to raise. Don't ask me to give you answer. I don't have it. You have to find within yourself. And then you raise second time you raise question. We can talk about next Tuesday more. And then people may come up with something. And then, you know, if you do that, what will happen is if you start thinking, you will comprehend something and you will have your own understanding of what attachment is and what love is. You, if you think, you're going to get it. If you put effort, you're going to get it. But whatever understanding you get, is that correct or not correct? You have to check with the other person. That, so you have to check with the other person, not just because I feel it's good, so therefore it has to be. No, it doesn't work that way. That doesn't work that way. So you, feel, you may feel this way, you may feel that way. That's what the wisdom is. 
if you don't use that wisdom, it also each one of us have it. If you don't use that wisdom, and we're never going to get a correct answer. You may simply feel it and then leave it there. And that's not going to do. I mean, well, it gets a little bit anyway. Each one of them, whatever we're doing, we're cutting the ignorance a little bit down. And that's why, in the long run, it builds a lot. But uh, could have done better than that. So, sort of, that's the thing. And your basic understanding what you get it, and whether that's right or wrong, you have to discuss, bring it caution. Think about it, read books, or talk to other people, and meditate more, so you may get another thoughts on that. And then check, then your purpose will be, become better. The whole purpose is cutting down our miserable thoughts anyway thoughts that cause the misery and the problem, then that works. I think that's much enough for the attachment. The attachment is not only you should think as an attachment to uh, a person or articles or wealth or something, even attachment for food. And don't forget, a lot of people a lot of us have a very strong attachment for food. We do. We eat and eat until we get sick, right? Uh, like that. I've, I'm very strong. I have a strong attachment for sugar, sweet. Used to eat. Not necessarily chocolate, but used to eat, and Aura and Sandy used to just sort of stop me eating. So I would eat like four or five apple pies with the two or three scoops of ice cream on it and hot <laughs> chocolate on it. <laughs> Not a one. One is, in, or sort of one is in never, sort of two or three, you know. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, so that attachment of the sugar, and I used to chew these the raw candies. When I was a kid in Tibet, I used to chew them at the night, go to sleep, and next morning, when I woke up, all this, you know, all the, everything's stuck, you know. We don't have bad shit. No bad shit. So it is sort of a woolen blanket type of thing with long hair like this. All these hairs are stuck here, you have to pull it out. So that is my uh, sort of a strong attachment for the raw candies I have. Yeah, that's right. I was sort of wondering why I did not become a diabetic until last two or three years. Why, why did not, you know? Because I used to eat that every night. I mean, every night. So, I mean, like for <laughs> childhood, I mean, that's the total thing. And people will give me the gift of those raw candies and they used to hide them because in the monastery, the attendants that I have, they take it away. So I used to hide them in the books, <laughs> in between the books, and that's how I get them at night, you know. <laughs> so it's attachment for food, attachment for sugar, that's, a, that's an attachment for sugar.
definitely contaminated attachment. Strong one, yeah? That's it. And uh, the point number one here, point number one here, when we try to overcome those in negative, point number one is you have to recognize that, that particular point. If you don't recognize, you're not going to overcome, you're not going to transform, you're not going to do anything. You're going to feel something is there, you feel you switch them around here. Sort of you can visualize this is a negative feeling, and you now visualize it's been transformed, which we always do anyway. So, but uh, that is not very practical here. It is a Bajrayana technique with the Bajrayana rituals and with the Bajrayana thing. It may work to a certain extent to somewhere, but practically here you have to recognize the thing, delusion first, and then you work with it. So therefore, it is important to recognize attachment. What is attachment? What does that do? What does it affect me? Don't worry about others. I'm sorry. <laughs> you can't say that. You should worry about others. But you also have to worry about ourselves. So my attachment, what does that do to me? What, it, what gives me what kind of suffering? Recognizing is the number one. Number one, it always, it always, if you don't recognize, you're never going to able to work with it. So you have to recognize. You know, recognizing is a problem for us because we'll deny. We have a tremendous strong denial power because we don't want to be the bad one. So we say, I'm not the bad one, so I don't have attachment. Whatever I have is pure love. Right? And I say, I don't have anger because I'm the good person. I'm the good one, so I don't have anger. I must deny that I've been angry. So, recognizing. The Tibetan earlier spiritual teachers give you example here. If you don't recognize, you want to shoot arrow to some kind of uh, target. And if you don't see the target, if you keep on shooting the arrow, the arrow will go anywhere, right? So it's a sort of blind shoot in the blind forest. So arrow may hit anything, anywhere. So if you want to be effective, you want to recognize the object on which you're going to shoot, the target. So here, if you want the negative emotion of attachment make into pure love, first recognize the attachment. Cut all this bullshit of denials in between. Right? Everybody will say, my thing is special. Right? My attachment is special attachment. Everybody thinks that way, everybody says that way, everybody fools each other in that manner. Special. Right? So, cut through all this denial 
and recognized plain naked attachment. Then work with that. Then see the effect to be able to transform it, to make it into a positive, positive, that all, pure love. How to make it? First find it. So that's why I raised the first question, attachment. Second is anger. I talked anger a lot for many times, so therefore I'm not going to talk detail, but it's beautifully mentioned what is the anger? You have to recognize what is anger. The anger is rough mind. Mind is very rough, that rough mind. Not a smooth mind. You are angry. When you get angry, you have to recognize anger. That's why I'm telling you this. When you get angry, the object to the person whom you are getting angry is not anger. You are not anger. There's aspects of one mind comes up, which is called anger, which is a rough, rough mind. The mind which will really want to harm, harm and get back to that person. When you are angry, the anger is holding it and getting back to the person. That is really what anger is. So there is a little bit irritated and irritated mind and anger. Anger is different. Anger really wants to get back to that person which makes you upset or makes you suffer. Get back to it. Somehow make that person to suffer. That particular mind is really anger. It says, Semjanda, Semjanda, Ibala, Mini, Kunna, Narthamba, Semjumi, Yutanama, never Chawandava. Whether it is some being or even something else, even non beings, articles, you know, attachment can be some beautiful something which you really definitely wanted. I mean, under any circumstances you want it. And if you don't get it, you want to make sure that somebody else don't get it. You know, people do that all the time. You know that. You see these movies all the time when they do this sort of thing. That's what it is. That is where that anger comes in. If you don't get it, you want it harm. You want it harm to, you want a sort of mind which is keeping them Somehow you get back and harm either it is a person or article or non-being, being or non-being. So that part of mind, which is the roughness, that rough mind of wishing, harming, and you may or may not act, but the thought of it going to get back, going to harm. And the mind which sort of pressing, causing harm to that, because you just dislike it, certain action. And that is roughly, we're talking about anger. It's not sort of irritated mind or disturbed it. Or, but if you get that bigger and bigger, then you see people hit them back. 
and throw things at it. And all that you see, right? So it's, you see the relation. At the beginning part, it's sort of irritated. At that moment, it might not be true anger. But when it goes bigger and bigger, then it goes on and on and on. And some in even inherited anger. You might not be angry, but your father's enemy becomes your enemy. And the people do inherited that also, inherited that also. So you should really look all this anger and uh, recognize it. So I raised two questions, attachment, anger. I'm not talking about effects. Effects are we know. I can talk effects for days of anger, effects, attachment, effects. I mean, it helps, but you don't need it. We experience ourselves. We know it. It is not unknown to us. Perhaps we are expert. I think so. We are quite expert on the effects of anger and attachment. But you may not recognize it. But the moment it is recognized, it becomes weak. So even if you recognize your anger, your anger will become weak. It cannot affect the individual that much because it becomes weak. So try to recognize by looking in your mind which mind is making. First, it will make it impure and pure mind becomes impure and a clear mind will become the mushy, muddy mind and that is your recognizing the nyamu, the delusion. Then if you go beyond that and you see the mind which really wanted to get it back or you, you sort of, it's, I cannot sort of tolerate anymore. I really wanted to hit back, whether it's a physical hit or whatever hit may be, sort of get it back to under different ways. And then you begin to recognize in the anger. And then if you are not careful, you will dismiss it. You will dismiss it, you say, I don't have it. I don't have it. Because you don't want to see the delusion within ourselves. We always like to see ourselves as the best. Everybody is wrong except me. This is our normal ego mind function in that way. Everybody will think that way. Everybody thinks I can do better than everybody else. Maybe when you become pacific, then you say, well, I'm handicapped. I'm not can't do it. I haven't learned it. I don't have the background. I don't have experience. I don't have education. So something again, you're blaming on experience, education, on something, but you just don't want to say I'm incapable. So everybody thinks that I'm the best. This is the ego way of functioning. So when you begin to really search. Where is the mind which you really want to get back? You say, I don't have it. I'm great. You may come in that way. But make sure that's right. Because definitely we all have a tremendous anger. The anger not necessarily has to be back to other person. Can be angry to yourself. You want to get back to yourself. You want to punish yourself. You want to do that. And that is also anger against self. 
and then there's another thing. Then that anger can also disguise. You can disguise that as a purification. A lot of people say, well, I'm purifying myself. Actually, you want to torture yourself. And under the pretext of purification. And if you are not careful, that can be anger too. These are the questions I have for you to think. Does anybody want to say anything tonight? You want. Good. Yes, I find myself at times being attached to non-attachment and desiring desirelessness. And I especially find this a conflict, not not from Ann Arbor, but if, for example, I wish to go to the university and liberate some beings from being experimented on, animals being experimented on in the lab, if I go in there right now and liberate the animals from being experimented on, and if, if that's in keeping with dedicating all virtue to the benefit of all living beings, can I detach myself from being arrested or beat up? You cannot. Probably not. You cannot. No, I don't want to deny. Yeah, that's right. A piece of your candy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have one, no. <laughs> you wish to do a lot of things, but you can't do all the things. Another thing. If I just need one example, there's much else I'd like to do and that I have done, but I don't know how to detach myself from abuse, those who are abusing and those who are being abused. And I do make that distinction that there are those that are more helpless. While I sit here, try to meditate, that goes on. So I have a conflict also with that too. Since you said that thing, but attachment to non-attachment, Attachment to non-attachment, you use that word. I'm not sure whether attachment to non-attachment is attachment. Probably not. So what happens is, if you know this, um, we learn a trick. When you learn this uh, in old Tibet monasteries, we have this sort of little trick. It's like, you know, attachment to non-attachment. And, um, and the opponent of the positiveness. Opponent of the opponent of the positiveness. You know, as a kid, we've been taught that way. You will go double, triple, three, four times. When you do this, what will happen is it goes around, other way around. So, for example, when you say attachment to attachmentlessness is non-attachment. It will become non-attachment. It is not attachment because it will not have the effect of attachment. Though you may be attaching to attachmentlessness, but that doesn't affect to the mind as the attachment affects. That may cause unfulfilled sudden wishes. That is not, there are a lot of those funny little tricks. I don't want to bring it in. So this is the old Tibetan monastery trick. When you said it's double, triple, double, triple, then goes, and it goes around. So it becomes that way. It comes back to the same old point. So it goes something like, what they do? 50 times back and forth. We, we learn to that. Sort of one time goes to the positive, one time goes to the negative, one, this, they do that, you know. 
It's like a little children's game, but it, it teaches you that way. Yeah. Excuse me. Doesn't it really go back to the motivation? The motivation is one thing. When you the word, what you do, you know, sort of way you use the word probably makes the things other way around. I did not say whether that's positive or negative. I simply said it will become non-attachment. So, so whether it's positive, negative, or all, what that's a different. It's a non-attachment because attachment has to give certain effect to the individual mind, which probably this one will not. It could be positive even. So anyway, that depends on the subject point, specific point individual points. So. You mentioned earlier that uh, certain things will um, further the attachment and certain things will not further the attachment. That comes to mind when you start talking about attachment to non-attachment. I forget how you phrased that. Well, somehow I said it anyway. That is what contaminated and uh, uncontaminated. uncontaminated. Okay. These are the basic points actually when you judge the, whether it is uh, the terminology, you say virtue, non-virtue. Really, I don't like that terminology at all, but if you use that, that's the main point where you judge. How it affects the individual mind, what's happening, that's what it is. Really. Okay, so, yep. Earlier you said that to attempt to integrate sexuality with spirituality, before you understand the difference between love and attachment is to risk killing oneself. And that's pretty strong, and I wonder if you could clarify that somewhat. The example given here is the honey on the razor's edge. And if you lick that, without separating with the laser, you cut your tongue. Okay. Killing yourself does not mean physically get killed, as you know that, right? So killing yourself means it, it will harm your spiritual life. Instead of you thinking you're cutting through the attachment, in reality you're building it up, right? You're building it up. I don't know, because it seems to some people it's so easy. It's like on the fingertip. Whatever they do is fine, you know. It's all so easy. You just run around. And to some people, no matter how much you put in, nothing goes right. I don't think it is the method. You may be applying the same method on the same thing. But I don't know. It's a personal level. Or maybe they realize emptiness or something. So then which whatever they do, it makes the right thing. Even motivation, I do not know how much motivation can make a difference to attachment. Uh, we can't do it, right? Can't say for the benefit of all sentient beings, I would like to <laughs> this attachment. Then work that way, right? So perhaps not so much of the motivation itself as... <laughs> no, but I was thinking about motivation in terms of the mindset that you bring with it. You know, without getting 
you're not trying to be esoteric about this or anything. What I'm talking about is a selfless feeling, not necessarily selfless, that's too strongly stated, a, a very, uh, a feeling of love that is generated with another person. Okay, you want about sexual feelings. Right. Sexual love. All right, through, through sexual love, a, a strong feeling of sexual love that's generated with another person that isn't necessarily focused on a me or on a they, or that becomes, then, more, then that becomes more open. You know focus what I mean? on what? On openness, rather than on the objects experiencing that openness. I'm not sure whether we are hiding between the words. Or what is that openness? Is that a strong attachment of physical feeling combined by mental relax? Is that the way referring to the open? Or is that openness of a, such a sort of a big universal open space-like? Or is it you know, there's three things involved in this, I think. It doesn't matter. Because I think it is determines whether it is positive or negative from that anger. It becomes some kind of big, universal, open space-like. Even recognizing emptiness or something like it, maybe a positive. But then it looks like that, but it can be a dark, open peach, which can be very negative. I don't think this points are doesn't really play with motivation here. Though motivation is a mental determination. But I think it is a by natural whether the acts become positive or negative. I think that counts first. That's why I say make the separation of attachment and love first. That comes to my mind is, and, and then you can tell me if this, I think this might be right or wrong, is that any given individual will have a wide spectrum of sexual experience. Some may be base and some may be a little bit higher than that. And, in, and at times, on the higher, or the highest experiences that normal people like myself experience. There is sort of a, a transpersonal feeling in regards to like what I said earlier about not so much an I and a thou being involved. And at, at that moment, there's sort of a, a feeling of openness and not a feeling of an I grasping at something. It could be a bigger expansive I, I suppose, grasping at something, at another person, at oneself, at pleasure. But then to take that sort of feeling that you learn through sexual activity and to try to integrate that feeling in, in terms of opening your mind and heart to other people when you're not involved in sensual activity. This is what I mean by trying to integrate sensuality with spirituality. And is, is that in itself dangerous? Non-involvement of sexuality, try to share that where I don't think it is dangerous at all. But whether that particular experience, whether that is a negative or positive, 
it depends what does that do to the attachment of the individual. Whether that raises the attachment to a person or thing or even act or whatever. If it raises the attachment, it is contaminated. If it does not raise the attachment, it is uncontaminated, then we can't say this is positive, but it could be changed into positive, possibility of changing it. I'm sorry, maybe we're talking something no, a lot of people may not like to hear it, or, or I don't know, you know. But I don't, I don't mean try to shut you out, but when you open the raised question, that's what I feel openly. I mean, at that moment, whatever the feeling, whatever it is, you can be, or what they say, above the cloud or something, you know, <laughs> whatever you may say that. I think the action itself cannot determine. So effect to the individual will determine whether that is attachment or pure love. Whether well, it doesn't matter whether it's so much it's focused on individual or just open just for all or doesn't really matter. I don't know. Okay. Well, you spoke of attachment anger and the, the first step uh, is to become aware of it. What's the next step? Well, why don't we get the first step first? <laughs> well, I don't mean that sarcastic way. Okay, don't misunderstand me. Truly, yeah, truly, when you go this way, sort of first recognize, and then then think about the second step. I think we should end here, I'm sorry. <laughs>